current start scheme is basically a bursary for low-income students so it goes up to about um, 30,000 a year now because of inflation uh, they give you a non-repayable bursary and they also give you some fun events and opportunities <laughs> What do you think? I think it's a cynical attempt at silencing protest. Of course it is. This is um, making me think of... There's a thought experiment, actually, we're asked to do in philosophy about... Uh, and it's supposed to reveal that the utilitarian way of thinking, which is a, a philosophy that the best action is the one which produces the most happiness, is um, not actually accurate. Here we are, another episode of the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast and we hope to stretch your thinking and get you maybe thinking that maybe your thoughts and are not facts. They are just momentary passing consciousness. You know, what you're thinking is not fact. That's an interesting challenge already. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabba and who's the co-host? I'm William Mankler. You always like to have a challenge at the start. Yeah. Sometimes don't you, Stuart? Yeah. You know, it, just, it just keeps... People awake, you know, every single yeah. episode will be slightly different, ever so slightly different. Yeah. Yes, I'm William Mankler, thanks very much for being with us. Um, the question we've got, the, the place the question's coming from today is a place that actually you lived, or Sue lived in, near, till quite recently. Uh, um, no, I think you've jumped a question ahead. Uh, the next question's from Heather. Oh, well, who you're talking the, yes. about is I've Steve gone, from I've Breadbury. Gone, That's the next episode. I've gone to the wrong question, haven't I? Yeah, what so, an yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sue, didn't, Sue didn't live anywhere in Wiltshire, did she? No, no. <laughs> That's the next episode. You can, you can yes. start the next episode I, in that way. Can I go back to sleep now? Yeah. So the question today is from Heather in Ablington, and hopefully through this episode we will have a, a conversation that we feel needs having and uh, normalise a, a big issue by talking about it openly, and hopefully we will come up with an action to deal with it. We have somebody sitting in the listener's chair, William. We do. It Who is, is it? It's Lucy, isn't it? I'm sorry, it's Susie, isn't oh, it? Is that on purpose or was that a joke? Yeah, it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's knows? a joke. Who knows? We'll never find out. Yeah. Yeah. So who are you, Susie? Uh, well, I'm not Lucy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a student that is interning with Stuart. For the next three weeks, I've done three weeks hybrid. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, remote yeah and now i have come down to oxford from kendall to do the next uh three weeks in person yeah and this is the first day and uh the lucy comment is uh you know how my brain works listeners uh i just get it in my head and i just keep calling her lucy for some random reason every intern i have william if you remember there's a pattern here there was an intern i used to call the each intern the previous intern's name yes i was always behind my brain never caught up yeah, it's quite fortunate you did remember, like, I don't know, Rob's name, Rob Pepper's name. Yeah. Because I'm sure the previous intern was probably a female. A female. female. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nina. Anyway, yeah, just um, that's how that comment comes up. Okay, so uh, you're, you're a Crank Start student uh, with Oxford University. What's the Crank Start scheme? Uh, the Crank Start scheme is basically a bursary for low-income students. So it goes up to about um, 30000 a year now because of inflation. Uh, they give you a non-repayable bursary and they also give you some fun events and opportunities. Um, one of these opportunities is you get exclusive access to internship opportunities through the careers service. And these internships are paid by the Crank Start Scheme. So that is a pretty good way because a lot of us would usually do uh, paid work during yeah. the vacations and miss out on uh, potential new experiences. 
Do you uh, do you only get one crank start internship through the, or can you do one each year? Uh, you can do one every year. Okay. You get um, a certain amount of money, so it's up to three thousand two hundred pounds. They'll pay you for an internship. If you do more than one, if you want to be paid for the whole time, then you have to keep it so that your wage is under that amount. But I mean, you can also just do these opportunities for a voluntary yeah. a payment anyway, and some of them are paid anyway. Um, yeah. So okay. it's it's not too bad. It's quite good. Do you want to read out our question again uh, uh, from Heather in yes. Ablington? Um, so the question from Heather is, some companies are suggesting climate protesters should actually go and work for them and help them be more sustainable, which is what many companies say they want to be. Is this an honest attempt to bring, at bringing in fresh energy and ideas to improve internal sustainability or a cynical attempt at silencing protest? What do you think? I think it's a cynical attempt at silencing protest. Of course it is. Um, this is um, making me think of... There's a thought experiment, actually, we're asked to do in philosophy about... Uh, and it's supposed to reveal that the utilitarian way of thinking, which is a, a philosophy that the best action is the one which produces the most happiness, is um, not actually accurate because it betrays our values. And the example they use is of someone who... Uh, vehemently disagrees with um, nuclear uh, bombing and suggesting that they should take a job in uh, nuclear energy because they would be better at preventing sort of nuclear disasters and actual nuclear bombings because they don't want it to happen than someone who actually would. And this thought experiment is supposed to reveal that, no, of course, you can't demand that of anyone. That's ridiculous. But yeah, of course, if you're uh, someone who disagrees with the fossil fuels industry and um or fast fashion or animal agriculture and someone saying well come work with us you can improve us that actually kind of defeats the whole point because your your kind of position is that actually that industry shouldn't exist uh. so yeah i think it's it's crazy there's no way of protesting that um these people are people or these companies are gonna support or agree with because it goes against their interests William. but it's a bit of an odd one though isn't it because protesters come from all walks of life and have all different experiences and that type of thing. Why would... What is the expert... You need somebody who has expertise in making these these companies more sustainable and more environmentally friendly. They need mm. to have that expertise there in the first place. Why would you... It's like just plucking somebody off... It feels like you're just plucking somebody off the street to actually... And I agree, it is, it is a form of trying to silence them. It, one thing, it won't work, because there's always going to be somebody who will protest... And you can also kind of see that the really sort of like, you know, the activists who really don't care about how they what they do. Can you imagine them how the damage they would actually do within the company? <laughs> if you know what I mean? It's that, not a serious suggestion at all. It's not at all. It, this is this is a ri- ridiculous suggestion. Um, let me. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Let me. Th- uh, Headley Thorne gets too many mentions on this Far podcast. Too many. He's and a listener, and please he don't, please don't swerve on the M40. And he appeared in the listener chair a while back. He works for the in the air traffic control at Heathrow. He's got an environmental head on his shoulders, but he also works in a polluting industry. Now, he sat there and they actually said, you know, we we, we need people to come into work in aviation to, 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 to make us as good as we can be. So it would have been interesting to have both Susie and he next to each other. We wouldn't kill each other, but it would be mm. an interesting exploration. But I, 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 let's have a look at that question again. Um, I think... Some in some industries, yeah, it is a cynical attempt. But can't a polluting industry be allowed to become uh, sustainable? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I what, don't think. What, why wouldn't it do that through employing people who are formerly protesters? Because I think that what William said is is correct. Like, it's not it's not actually a serious suggestion. If you're someone who, I mean, first of all, a lot of these protesters are agreeing are disagreeing that um, there should be any new oil and gas. But for something like the av- aviation industry, that's definitely something I think that should stick around because I think it it's such a great thing that people can explore the world, but. I don't know, to say that protesters who, like you said, have no expertise, I think it's more a way of saying, actually, what you're doing isn't making a direct impact. And if you did this, you would be making a direct impact. But you won't do that. So, yeah. therefore, your yeah. whole point, you don't actually care, you're just making noise for no reason. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. William? Yeah, again, it's just bringing in people that have no, no expertise. And talking about yeah. the flight industry, for example, it's safety critical. Yeah. It's a safety critical industry as well. Yeah. Um, I think what Headley was pointing out really was... Can't these was, people be trained up, though? Yeah, but there are people who are already trained up for this sort of work. Yeah. And people yeah. actually want to, who actually have the aptitude to do the work in the first yeah. place. I'm and just we, playing devil. differently, aren't we? It's also, like, what incentive do these companies have to, um, like, decrease their emissions if having high emissions is profitable? It's... There may be, instead, what these protesters are doing is lobbying the government to put legislation in place that will regulate these companies. And instead of saying, you know, the, the free market will just do, do its magic and make the world a livable place, if, if the free market doesn't care about social value and a livable planet, and if it only cares about profit, in what way is that, is that going to happen by itself? Yeah, and there, there's a weakness of legislation as well from the fact mm-hmm. of, like, well companies will be like well i can't go and operate in that country because of this legislation therefore i'll find a country that will let me operate yeah and that op- that country might just be maybe quote unquote a more third world country and have more people in under the in, 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 well, in poverty and actually then want to go and exploit that that market as well i think to, to an extent but also if all your ass- assets are tied up in the uk like it's quite hard to kind of move there's there's some industries where i think that's easier but like it, it, i don't know if, if you have, like, lots of money and various properties and assets and, and like, capital in the UK, you can't just no, sell but, up and move somewhere else that easily. But if there's legislation in, say, say in the UK, for example, and a company wants to set up here, yeah. they'll look at the legislation and then find, no, this, mm. is, this is too restrictive and I'm going to go somewhere else. So, in a way, yeah. legislation needs to be across the, needs to be like across the board. Like a global effort, yeah. Yes, but then the global effort, considering how, how much individual countries disagree with each other um isn't great i mean i could bring the b word into this of course you know because you know we were part of a a much larger group of group of countries Mm -hmm. and we weren't forced to agree with each other though some people would like to think we are (laughs) um but at least it it was going towards that whole idea of maybe more Mm. uh uniform legislation across 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 nation states yeah which i think you kind of need for global interests which the climate is it's something that we care about on a global scale not just uh in our country yeah yeah have you got anything to say Stuart? i've always got something to say uh i'm just playing devil's advocate in this one it's uh i i i i I, um a lot, a lot of these are te- it's a cynical attempt at silence and protest, but I, I do think there is room to to bring in some fresh blood to make all these industries sustainable. But, you know, I just wanted to just uh, throw this out there again. The most polluting companies out there 
should William uh, Susie, do you think that that they should be allowed to become sustainable and adapt, or should they be? Should the the movement be? We need to get rid of them. I think it depends on the industry. I don't know yeah. what you think. I mean, it's just it's whether or not you they want to change themselves. You know, it's a bit like a friendship in some respects. You know, you you can sometimes you can have a friend who has a particular trait that you don't like and. Uh, not a particularly nice trait, and it's like, well, if they're not, they're not going to change. I don't, I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. Um, maybe that's a bit ruthless, but it, it, it with companies, it's like, yeah, of course, they should be allowed to change. You can't, you can't say that, like, okay, if Amazon or suddenly overnight changed, changed the way they did things, and mm. become especially more human centric, because they, they seem to be very sort of like shipping as fast as possible. That's their, that's their sort of business model. Yeah. If it became less. In fact, in some ways, it feels a little bit. It feels a little bit like uh, Amazon. There's other companies that are like this. It does seem a bit like um, almost like a, a form of modern slavery in some respects because of how much they get paid and that it type is, of thing, yeah. and, 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 the, and the pressures that are put on them. But yeah, of course, they should be allowed to change. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Just because the, because a company is like this now, then that's what they're always going to be like, and then they should just be. There are protesters out there yeah. saying the fossil fuel industry needs to be ends now, like like the oil protesters ends now. They're calling for companies to actually end now. Yes. Uh, is that right move? But, but, so I'll just say one more thing. Sorry, Susie. Yeah. One, but companies do change. I'm, I'm holding a phone here, which is made by Nokia. Nokia originally made uh, tire, you know, tires and uh, Wellington boots. So they changed completely their, their, their business model, right? So companies can change their business model right yeah by changing what you sell they mean yeah so like if shell instead started selling renewable energy instead of um oil they have the infrastructure there already they have yeah. the forecourts there and the staff waiting the expertise yeah. yeah i guess it's whether there's a, a free market solution to this it has to be profitable for them yeah. to to have any incentive to do this so i think when it comes to the fossil fuel industry especially but also other industries like fast fashion and animal agriculture, there needs to be a serious reduction. You can't just make something that's about uh, that 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 you have to pollute the planet in order to produce yeah. to such a great extent. You can't just make it more sustainable. You have to just completely downsize or eliminate it. And I think they are right. They are saying that there should be no new fossil fuels. There should be no new oil investments. Whether or not like that is, I mean, I think it's feasible, but whether or not that anyone will do that i don't know but i think it's fair enough for them to call for that i don't think necessarily hiring uh them to their companies hiring, like hiring a just of oil protesters to shell will change the way they produce oil in a way that suddenly makes it fine for the environment but i think with some industries it's more a case of changing the way they do it um yeah. because what they offer us is quite valuable actions what actions can we come up with? from this episode and this question um, just go live in a hole in the ground so you won't yeah. be consuming anything <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, I can't think of one that was a silly one can you think of an action Susie? Um, I think maybe changing the way we look at these protesters and also changing the way we talk to each other about these protesters thinking about what they're actually asking for and uh, whether or not the inconvenience they cause to us and other people is like such a big deal in comparison to the existential threat that is climate change oh yeah beyond stereotypes we do a mini series called beyond stereotypes that tries to show the the real people behind protesters of all of all types of protesters 
Um, you, you know, you might be out there protesting for softer toilet roll. I don't know. It doesn't matter, really. It's um, concerned citizens, I yeah, think. Concerned citizens. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's harder to dismiss and disparage uh, pe- uh, protesters when you actually see them as real people. So have a look for our mini-series there. It's not that well-established yet. We might get some... Some more guests on to talk about that. But anyway, I've been Stuart the Wild Man, Mabbert. He's been... I've been William Ankler. Thanks very much for being with us and listening to this episode of the People's Countryside, People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast. And the person sat next to me... Has been... Susie Darrington. Now, Susie is with us on the Crank Start Scheme and uh, from Oxford University as an intern. And one thing you've worked on is our new YouTube header. Yes. That frustrated the hell out of me and William because the format on YouTube is very different. Did it frustrate you? Um, it frustrates me the way it's designed, just yeah. in general. Um, designing it so like you can easily find the dimensions of what it actually shows, so that's not too much of a problem. But it's just annoying the way yeah. it's designed. It's different to every other platform yeah. or most other. Anyway, have a look at our YouTube channel. How can they find that, William? Um, Go on YouTube and find the People's Countryside. Yeah. Um, there's a link in the description as well, I believe. No, there isn't a link in the description. Linktree. Yeah, there's Linktree, um, which is in the description, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, and the YouTube is in there. It's in there, yes. I, I would say that the, the YouTube better header is like a bit like trying to look at look at a painting through a letterbox. Yeah, yeah, that's the perfect way to describe it. It is literally letterbox dimensions on a on an actual image. So, good luck with anybody who's doing a YouTube header anytime soon. <laughs>